Hello, Tim. How's it going? Hey, David. It's going all right. You know, I, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm doing me. Doing me. I just uh, I got back from uh, visiting my brother, my old man, my nephew, niece. So that was fun. Very nice. Yeah. I'm excited to be leaving Port Stanley soon. Port Stanley, Ontario. Maybe it's nice for a couple of days in the summer. Wouldn't live there for a month. No? Where are you heading to next? Just to Toronto for a bit. We'll see ah, yeah, the where I go from there. Yeah. All right. So we want to finish off our series on the objectivist virtues. Um, and the last one, and a very important one, is pride. And so we've outlined before how some of the virtues people agree with and some they don't. And pride would definitely be one that most people, you know, in Christianity, it's a vice, right? So most people right. would not think that pride is a virtue, but it's, you know, one could argue that it's one of the most important objectivist virtues, rationality, productiveness, and pride, which go in line with the three objectivist, uh, you know, primary values of reason, purpose, self-esteem. And so pride is very much the virtue of gaining self-esteem. Right. You get self-esteem through the act of having pride. And so I'll outline again kind of the objectivist view of what pride really is. Um, and so in in objectivism, pride is called the sum of the virtues and Aristotle called it the crown of the virtues. So pride is feeling pride is what you feel when you know you're morally good. So it's, it's, pride is particularly about moral accomplishment, not about, but it can still be involved in other accomplishments because most other accomplishments have some basis in morality, right? Rationality, using your mind, productiveness, creating. But what you should really feel proud about is moral accomplishments. And so it's also not this idea that, oh, I'm smart or I'm tall so I'm proud. It's no, I'm proud of the choices I've made and I'm proud of the person I choose to be. Um, and so that is kind of what pride is. Um, and it's really about having moral ambitiousness. So it's about, right. an in, the, the intellectual aspect is it's about having an intense interest in morality. What is right? What is good? And if you, if you care about pride, you really care about those things because you would want to be proud only if you're right. And so it's having an intense interest in what is good and what is right. And then the existential aspect is actually acting on those things and being committed to act on those aspects. And so it's kind of having integrity to your moral principles in particular. Um, and so it, the really powerful notion in objectivism is the same is that you're an individual of self-made soul. You choose who you want to be. You create the soul you want to have. And this parallels, you know, most people don't view that about their life, about production and creating the world they want to live in. And most people don't view it that explicitly about creating the soul you want to have. And so I think it's such an important aspect. Um, and so the whole idea of pride is you want to work towards being able to feel proud of yourself. You should want to feel proud of yourself. You should be the type of person who can feel proud of yourself and you should rationally judge. No, I have a right to be proud of the person I am, to be proud of the soul I've created, to be proud of the way I conduct myself in the world. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. My my uh, Christian upbringing keeps harping pride goeth before the fall or something like that. Um, but I think we're talking about two different types of pride or two different things here. You know, I think that, that you know, that, that I, I think about the Dunning-Kruger effect and people who have a sense of confidence and, you know, some might call it pride in, in their that that is highly correlated with their lack of inability to self-reflect and notice um, that they're wrong in any way, right? And so is there any danger to pride in that um, if we if we have this sense of confidence and um, and and just satisfaction, deep satisfaction that we're right and that we're productive and that we're you know all these virtues that we close ourselves off from humility like is there any is there any value to um humility whether it's intellectually or or uh whatever the idea that we might not have know all the answers or something well i think i mean i do i definitely think this virtue of pride will push both your religious upbringing and your skepticism the most Um, because it's very much an idea of, no, I can know these things. And the Dunning-Kruger effect was probably, you know, observed in humanity as such and observed in people, and most people are irrational. So there's this, the whole, like, idea in objectivism is I want to know the truth. My primary commitment, my primary orientation is not to feeling good about myself, is to what is the truth. And so I only have an earned pride and never an unearned pride. And, and right. you have to be cognizant of that, right? It's, um, so it's not like blind pride, or, um, but it's very much an earned pride and being able to say, no, I did this, I accomplished this. And I, it's definitely not a virtue to have humility and objectivism, right? The whole idea is you should recognize the th- good things you have. That doesn't mean you ignore the things you don't, but that's, it's, that's not a virtue. Recognizing your flaws isn't a virtue. It's just you can't fix them if you don't recognize them. So it's part of being objective and of being rational. And so it's also important that moral and uh, pride is, you have to make sure you have the right standard for pride as well. And I think that could be an issue for some people, right? There's this idea, and it, particularly in religious doctrines, that you know, you can't be God, so how are you, a lowly human, going to feel pride? And so a proper human view of pride isn't omniscience or perfection. Um, a proper idea of pride is within my context, what have I done? Who, what have I accomplished? And, and so, you know, it makes me think Alex Epstein talks about, like, the growth mindset, right? So look at how far I've come. Look at how much I've changed and how much I've improved my life, how much value I've brought to my family, my peers, and and these sorts of things. And you should be able to feel proud about that because the only other option is it doesn't matter to your being, right? Either you're proud of it and it makes you feel good or it doesn't. And so why would you be creating these values if you're not even allowed to feel good about it? And it's a really central part of self-esteem. We talked about in the productiveness episode, self-esteem means you're able to live and you're worthy of living. And pride is the central thing. Am I worthy of living? Do I feel like this person that I am is worthy of living? Um, And if when you Mm -hmm. accomplish things, 
You're not allowed to say, oh yeah, I'm good. That was worth it. I'm worth it. Look at what I can accomplish. And you don't walk around like, you know, an arrogant piece of crap, right? It's about a rational pride and, and it's not boastful. It's mostly about, you know, this internal sense of pride. And I think a lot of what you see in the culture is people kind of overcompensate and, and, you know, project all of this BS. Um, but so, yeah, so that's kind of my long winded response to the, there is a lot of pushback to this notion of pride, but I think the conception of pride in the culture has a, has a wrong standard. Cause it's often like, right. well, you're flawed, you're not perfect. So how can you be proud? Um, and then if you really absorb that into your soul, like you can never achieve good. So why even bother? Why even try? Right. Is there any value in objectivism? Like, so I, I get um, the idea of feeling good about things you've accomplished and, and taking a sense of pride in that. What about the, the other side of that coin, which is feeling terrible and absolutely shitty about the, your failures and your shortcomings? Uh, is, does objectivism say that's a virtue at all? Uh, so it wouldn't call it a virtue explicitly. I talked at length with one of the philosophers about this, though, because, um, you know, the, the parallel with pride and justice is that they're both about recognizing that people are volitional beings who make choices. And so right. justice is when, you know, when you, if you make a mistake, I hold you accountable to that. So is there an equivalent of justice, but for yourself? Um, right. And his implication, at least, was that that is because uh, I was I was focused on compassion, right? The idea of compassion, because I wouldn't want to be like, you know, vindictive against myself or anyone else. I want to be just, but in a compassionate manner. And um, and the idea. It's not an explicit thing, but it's implicit in what does it mean to be objective? And what does it mean to strive for these things and having the right standard? So they don't call that aspect out because I suppose being able to recognize your flaws is part of what it means to be rational and objective. And it's not mm -hmm. a particular good to be able to do that. If you, if you don't do that, you're dishonest. If you don't do that, you don't have integrity, right? And so it's kind of caught, captured in other aspects. But I think the, the most important things is what is your standard and are you actually committed to doing this? And it, with respect to compassion, it's also a recognition of what you can control directly versus indirectly. And so you have to admit mistakes and you have to understand, well, I can't change my, let's say, you know, when I have my awakening, I can't change all of my behaviors immediately. I've made errors um, and some I can change right away and some I have to work to change. But I think, Oh, I had a point about, um, I can't remember. I had a specific point about your question of, um, yeah, well, I, I guess my, my question had more to do with why is it that objectivism feels a need to, to like stress pride or something as a virtue and not, um, regret as a virtue or something like that, right? Where regret can be very helpful in, ensuring well, that we're a virtue like, so what virtues are, are are actions you want to take right so you should work to be able to be proud and you should uh and you wouldn't want to right. work like 
regret is not something you want to feel, right? You don't aim yes, at regret, right? And so you you right, don't right. Yeah. you don't so it's not a virtue as such because it's not something yeah. you're aiming at and something that's directing your life. It's an important part of life uh, is to be able to look at the mistakes you've made, deal with them accordingly. But it's not a virtue. It's not what you aim at. Whereas right. if you look again, like let's say humility, if that's what you're aiming at, oh, I should always make myself small and understand how I'm feeble and how I'm not that great. And then you wonder why people feel small and don't have self-esteem and, and don't feel that great because that's what they're told is good to feel. Um, and so the whole idea right. is just because something's, and I mean, this comes up broader, like lots of objectivists suggested to Ayn Rand, what about this virtue? What about that virtue? She's, it's, these aren't... Uh, commandments, right? It's not saying these are right. the only virtues. In her view, right, right. these seven things are very important to aim at and build into your life. There are others mm. and, and, right, right. and there are other goods, but just in her view, these seven are the most important. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so if we, if we go back thing. to the last episode and we were talking about, you know, our greatest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our greatest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. Well, that, that powerful beyond measure bit is where pride comes in, right? It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, I am a pretty cool guy. I have a right. lot to offer the world. I have all this productivity. I have all this value to offer. Um, and Rand is saying we ought to embrace that. We ought to fully integrate that rather than be afraid of it, right? And and I think, right. there, you know, I'm, part of my subconscious brain is pushing back a little bit at the fear of what it means to be proud. But here's one of the things I le like about objectivism is, you know, it's not just a disposition. It's not just what we ought not do. Right. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, the idea of regret is we ought not do that again. Uh, like, right. like it's valuable in that sense of, okay, I shouldn't do that, but it mm -hmm. doesn't give us something to aim at of this is what I ought to do. This is when I wake up in the morning, what am I aiming at? And where, right. where am I going? And it's like, it's like driving down the road. You don't, you drive down the middle, aim at the middle of the road. You don't aim away from the ditches because then you right. end up back, <laughs> right. back and forth, right? Uh, between them. So, so I, I, I like that um, idea of in objectivism. And then, you know, there, there's also some correlations, I think, to the growth mentality you talk about. Carol Dweck uh, talks about this. You know, there's, there's another great book by Marilee Adams called Change Your Questions, Change Your Life. And the idea basically is you look at a situation, you look at, at the outcome, and maybe it's a bad outcome. Maybe it's something happened that, that wasn't unintended or wasn't what you're aiming for or something like that. And mm -hmm. how you talk about this or think about this determines whether you're going to grow from it or whether you're going to let it defeat you or something like that. And so, you know, Marilee Adams would say, change your questions around that. How could this happen to me? Why do bad things always happen? How come, you know, how, why do things always go wrong? Those are some questions you could ask when something goes wrong. But a growth mindset asks, uh, what, what, what's the opportunities to learn from this? What, what are the lessons I can take forward? What can I do differently next time something like this happens? So that's, that's a more positive, uh, mm -hmm. I, I guess that's the growth mindset that Carol Dweck talks about. Uh, it, it's like uh, even turning, you know, it's like that phrase, uh, I can't remember which fighter said it, but um, he said, I never lose. I either win or learn. Right. Those are the two outcomes, right? And that's kind of what this reminds me of. Yeah, and I mean, I think 
this is central to the mental health epidemic and to self-esteem generally, right? Because society says it's important to have self-esteem to the most for the most part. But then, and so self-esteem is feeling good about yourself. But then they say, oh, but don't feel too good about yourself, right? Don't feel proud of yourself, right? right. Um, and so, you know, when I was coming out of the worst of my mental health crisis, I really was struggling to understand how even, I was trying to understand objectively, how good am I? right? How do I judge myself versus the people around me? And there's this idea that you can't stick your head up. You can't think you're better than everyone. You can't think you're better than anyone because then you're too, quote, pride, proudful, right? Prideful or proud. And you think, and you inherently think you're better than anyone. If you, like, if I think I'm X good, yes, I don't care anymore what other people are. That's for them to deal with. But just if I say I'm X good, they get mad because they feel worse than that. And they think, who am I to claim right. that being that good? And so it's yeah, really yeah. interesting. I even explicitly asked people, this was with particular respect to my intelligence. But so as I, I'm trying to figure out how smart I am, I'm trying to figure out how good I am. Those are separate issues. Um, and, but they're saying, well, until society validates me, they can't believe I'm that smart or that good, right? And so right. it's like they have this kind of, this subjective standard of what does the collective think? And so until I'm famous, I like, you know, 10 years from now, if you and I are both rich and famous, people will say, oh, they're so good, oh, they're so smart. We're the same people as we'll be then. Hopefully we don't change by then. Right. Um, but, but for us to recognize it in ourselves is unacceptable because it's not been sanctioned by, by the group, right? And yes. so there's... And so that's why the, there's this fight back against pride is because so few people feel it. And also they feel like it's actually, you know, in, they feel it's injustice against the tribe, against the group to say that you're good when we've not told you you're good yet. Who are you to think you're good? Yeah. Well, and also it's, it's, you know, it's the reason why zombie movies are so prevalent right now. It's everyone's fear, right? You have, you have this, this life inside you, you're rising up to meet your potential and all these brain dead morons around you want to eat your brains and drag you right. back down to uh their their level um you know it's a dysfunctional part so yeah there, there is something to that that we have to fight against you know there's also something that that popped up in my mind is i'm thinking about you know one of the things as i learn more right as as i've gone further and further in my education i remember i was cocksure of everything as a teenager right. i had all the answers right and now that I'm older and, and I would say probably wiser because I've been shown at where I've been wrong so many times, um, I, 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 I feel a sense of trepidation when I try to say anything with confidence because mm. I'm always nervous that I could be wrong because I've been wrong so, so many times before. So what is objectivism? How does objectivism relate to that? Because it's kind of like coming out of the Dunning-Kruger effect, right? Where you're cocksure right. of everything. Yeah. You don't know anything. You're not capable of reflect self-reflection. And now suddenly you've been, reality has smacked you hard in the face mm. where that false sense of pride or whatever has carried you this far. And all of a sudden it's like the foundations of it are, are eroded by reality and logic and reason. Now what do you do? Well, so, I mean, a big aspect of that is epistemology is how do you know what you know? And the whole idea that, knowledge isn't if you you have to have an integrated whole of knowledge and really think about and question everything you've thought about in question but i went through the same thing and i think many people do is i was so certain and i was wrong 
Um, and so it's, you can still attain certainty, um, but you have to do it properly. You have to do it methodologically. And you, the most important thing is self-awareness, right? Objectivity is about, you have to be objective about yourself. What are the facts of how I'm thinking about this? And, and really being sure. And again, pride isn't then about, I know this much stuff. Pride is primarily about the decisions you make and the moral person you want to be. And so though, and you have to be honest and objective about the evidence. What decisions have I made? What actions am I taking? Am I a good person? Right. And you, you have to look at yourself in the same manner as you'd look at anyone else and judge them accordingly. And, and I mean, the only, I mean, the, the fundamental, um, what free will is in objectives in objectivism's point of view is the decision to focus or not. Are you paying attention honestly and completely or not? And so you have to know you've made that decision even with respect to introspection and, and with respect to, um, yeah. And, and so it's, that's what it comes down to is you have to have made that decision and know you've made that decision and then you can trust yourself to move out in the world. And so there are people who still worry, have I made that decision or not, right? And they're skeptical right. of, well, maybe I'm not actually in focus. And the, the truth is, I mean, there are still sometimes I go out of focus because my brain was trained that way for a long time. And so, right. but it's about finding that and catching that. And that's the other important thing about pride is it comes down to the standard and the standard isn't perfection. The sta you're aiming at right. perfection, but the standard isn't omnipotence. You have to understand, I have to see where I am, be honest about where I am, so then I can grow and then I can also be proud of the growth as well. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that's actually helpful because, you know, it kind of correlates with, you know, one of the things I, I've always had, and, and this is a danger of humility, I guess, is that once you recognize you can be wrong and like catastrophically wrong, like horribly wrong, uh, it's difficult to have the confidence to do good or do, make the right decisions, right? Because mm. you're not, you're, you're always tentative. You don't know if it's the right thing. And, um, and in my profession, for example, um, uncertainty is always there. Like that you never know when you show up to an emergency, what you're going to be confronted with. And you never know the exact perfectly optimal thing to do is mm. that will save the most life and property and have the best outcomes. Like there's always something you could do better, right? So it's always, there's always something you can criticize or critique or get down on yourself about. And one of the, the things I've had to learn over times, especially stepping into the role of incident commander, where now I have to make decisions in a timely manner. Like the only thing worse than making a bad decision is making no decision because you're paralyzed right. by uncertainty and, and that sort of thing. And so the way I, I, deal with that, the, the kind of hack I use or the, 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 I guess, axiom, if you want to call it, I don't know what you would say, but I say, you know, I need the courage to act with the information I have and the mm -hmm. humility to change course if that's not optimal or something like that. And, yeah. and so I, I wonder if you have any thoughts around that with regards to how I can elevate that sense of pride and maybe act with more certainty and confidence. Um, even while acknowledging it, because time is, is like, like you said, right. well, we, we don't have perfect rationality. We don't have all the time in the world or the bandwidth to perfectly analyze and make the most optimal decisions every second of every day. We have to sometimes just 
do the best we can? How can mm. we still have pride? How do we, how do we deal with that? Well, so I, a couple of things. One, I would say you can have perfect rationality. That's not the same as omniscience or omnipotence. That's not knowing everything, but that's look, being able to properly and logically deal with everything you do know. That would be perfect right. rationality. And so with, with the example of your statement for the fire, I would say it's not the humility, it's the honesty, right? Honesty is you can't right. fake reality. So I have to have, you could say, I have to have the, cur I, the courage to act on my best judgment and the honesty to change when that, when I've realized that's not the case. Hmm. Um, that's a better way of putting it. Yeah. Because, right? you know, I, I think the humility or the honesty is put in there because uh, it, it, we, we wrap our identities in having made the perfect decision or something like that. And if we don't, then that's a, a threat to our ego and we can double down and keep doing the bad thing that we're doing. Right. That's, and and I think that's why the issue of pride is primarily a moral issue about the moral uh, person you are, not the concrete specific decisions you make. If you were rational and objective, no matter what the outcome, that is, you should feel proud of that, right? Um, yeah. And e like, like, you know, the example you often mention about, you know, when you had a crisis around, uh, you know, kids dying in the back of your uh, ambulance, you realize, no, I did the best I could. I, I would have wanted me on that call. I was proud to be on that call because I handled it as best as yeah. possible, even though the situation went badly. And so, and I think that's what um, honesty captures as well, is you have to be honest about, did I actually handle it as best as possible? And if not, that's okay, but why? And these sorts of things. The one thing uh, I wanna add that I think is a really, really important point is both for pride and for justice in judging other people, which we didn't get into this, you have to separate out errors in judgment from errors in knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. And so it is not a moral black mark on you or anyone else if you have an error in knowledge. If you made a mistake in your past, even a bad mistake, and it was a mistake you couldn't have made otherwise because you didn't have knowledge at the time, that's not a moral error. Moral errors are when you know what the right choice is and you choose to do otherwise. And that's what really splits people up, right? That they know right. when they do the, that to themselves. But a lot of people are really harsh on themselves for errors in knowledge. And I know I was, right? I was so devastated at some of the mistakes I'd made, but I didn't know better. I honestly thought it was the right thing to do. And so I can't say I'm a horrible person. I was trying to do the right thing. I still, you know, might have to um, give compensation or whatever it is, right? You still have to pay for the errors you make, but you can't hold that as a moral black mark on yourself. So I think that is what comes to mind in this regard as well is, and so you, and you know, not part of building yourself up is also not tearing yourself down, right? Being just to yourself is knowing when you actually made an error in judgment and when you just made an error because that happens. We're not omniscient. We're not omnipotent. We're not infallible. We will make mistakes. And the goal is to learn and, and make fewer and fewer, but that they still happen and will happen. Think about it. The society tells us consistently, don't be proud. You, know, you can't achieve anything worthwhile either at things are accomplished by the collective or by God's will given to you, right? So it, like we're told consistently, right. you didn't build that. So anything you do, 
It's not really your accomplishment. You have no right to feel proud. Uh, and so what, what do you expect? People feel miserable. Uh, people take it at their word, right? Ayn Rand's view is that like this isn't a lack of morality. This is right. the morality, you know, the chickens coming to roost. Yeah. And, and, you know, we can see right now suicides are on the rise um, because people can't be productive and that ability to feel proud about anything has kind of been stripped away from them in a lot of ways. And so, you know, these are, these are tough times. And they're being told they're, they're non-essential. Right. And they're not, they're not, (laughs) right. Yeah. They're, they're non-essential. They're not productive. They, they've had their, their ability to feel pride stripped away from them what what advice might you have for for um for people that are in well, i mean we're all in this situation but um how how can we find ways to feel proud about ourselves um even in lockdown while the state has stripped our productivity away from us in a well again the central point of pride is the person you are the person you create and right. choose to be so it's not what can I go do out in the world? It's how can I act? How do I want to behave? And so did you, did you treat people nicer? Did you treat yourself nicer? Um, are you sticking to your principles? Are you thinking about your principles? Are you trying to live a good life? Are you actually consciously thinking of these things? And are you striving to be a better person, right? And I mean, everyone's concrete as to how they strive to be a better person will be different. But you know, create one value today, do one thing. It's very much, this comes back to the Jordan Peterson thing, clean up your room, right? I like when I have a day where I feel like I'm going to organize my whole house and it, and it, and I feel good. And it's like, Oh, I did that. I made my environment better and I chose to make my environment better. So I feel a tinge of pride. Like I did that. I made that choice. That was a good choice to make. And it's, it's really, it starts collecting from there. It's really that simple and small at the start. And you have to not get mad and not judge yourself for taking that pride because I mean, most people are trained to not take any pride. So it's, you have to retrain that mechanism in your brain. And so it's not, Oh, this is a silly thing. I shouldn't feel proud about it. Right. When I was in the mental health program, it's called behavioral activation. You got out of bed to like, I'm talking about people in a really bad depression and stuff. You got out of right. bed and got dressed today. That's good. You chose to do that. You didn't have to do that. You could have, you chose to get out of bed and get dressed. That's control you have over your life. That's decisions you're making. That's moving your life in a positive direction. You should feel good about that. And so it, anything bigger than that, uh, it's, if you're really cognizant of, I could have done nothing today. I could have done nothing. I could have destroyed anything good you choose to do if it's actually objectively and rationally good, you can feel uh, some semblance of pride for. Yeah, no, I would, I would agree with that. I'm, I'm proud of some of the things I've accomplished on lockdown here. Um, you know, and, you know, admittedly, I have an easier time of it because you know, I still have employment. I'm still considered essential. Um, but at the same time, you know, all the things that I would normally do, uh, to enjoy my life have been kind of stripped away from me. And so, you know, I'm just, I'm finding ways to be productive. That's uh, trying to be a better person as a result of this hardship mm-hmm. and not let it get me down. And, and I, I feel proud about that, that I've done something good during this. Good. And so what's the takeaway? What's one thing you're going to do with respect to 
adding more pride to your life? Well, I'm not going to feel ashamed of myself as much. I'm not going to feel, you know, as small. I'm, I'm going to take more pride. You know, I, I remember this actually, this is, this one is a struggle for me. And, you know, I, I pushed back a little bit you, at you at the beginning. And I think a lot of it has to do with, again, the, the reason we, we are like society, culture, a lot of times our family doesn't want us feeling proud, right? Yeah. People that, um, that have us under their thumb or more, more specifically people who can't feel pride themselves or who don't feel good about themselves need to drag others down um, to, or, or else they feel immense pain um, because it's like th th they're seeing potential that they could be that they're, they're not living up to or something. Yeah. Uh, whatever the psychological reason is, they, they want to tear you down. So the reason you, I at least feel unable to, to be proud of myself is because of all the bullies I've had in my life that have knocked me down and that have spit mm -hmm. on me and that have um, for showing any signs of life. And so it's all those voices. So I have to remind myself, it's not my own voice. It's all these irrational voices trying to tear me down. So that, that's a reminder for me. And I remember when I was going to grad school, um, one of my professors and I was taking leadership and a lot of it is self-examination and, and judging yourself on these different criterias in the leadership realm. And I can't remember which one it was, maybe it was confidence or I, I can't remember, but her feedback to me was like, she would look at my evidence for why I was rating myself at a certain level. Like you had to put evidence down mm -hmm. about why you would rate yourself at that. It was a pretty cool experience. It caused, it, it was very deep. It was very intense, very difficult because you had to really look in a mirror and be honest about what you saw there. And then the goal was to try to improve the metrics and mm -hmm. cite actual evidence for that in the real world, like your behaviors and how that changed. One of the things she told me though was, look, here's what I notice about you. You walk around, you kind of, your shoulders are slumped over, your head's down, you're walking around. Like she said, look, you're a, you're a good looking dude. You're tall, you're in good shape. Like you, you can't be ashamed of that. You can't be ashamed of your physical attributes. I know right. maybe you feel you didn't earn them and that's, probably true uh but yet you can still use these, these these are gifts you have these are privileges you have and you shouldn't hide them away you should stand up straight with your shoulders back and make eye contact and smile to people use your physical attributes to your benefit as a leader they it, it can do immense good to use all the tools in your toolkit and not to hide them away and so that that kind of reminds me of that I wouldn't feel proud about my looks, but again, it's, it's this idea of, I shouldn't bury things that are good about myself to make other people feel better or to avoid criticism or to avoid uh, difficulties or something like that. I should just stand tall, stand proud and, and put my message out into the world and, and be confident in that and feel good about it. Yeah. I think that's really useful. And, and the, the, you know, the process you went through of assessing yourself and like ranking and understanding why you feel a certain way about yourself. I mean, that's the implicit process people subject subconsciously do all of the time. You have right. your, that's what self-esteem is. You have this assessment of yourself and that's how you make sure you're not over the top incorrect in your, in your quote pride. And like, you have to be objective. You have to do that process consistently consciously as well. Um, and so in terms of what I'm going to add, I'm, I, I, I'm not quite sure because I tend to be a pretty proud person other than when I really get knocked back into like a depressive episode or something like that. I've been really obsessed with 
with the how proud am I allowed to feel given some bad decisions I've made in the past, right? And it's like, and it's hard to kind of integrate those because I'm proud of the person I am now and, and the things I'm doing now. So I'm, I'm struggling to, under, to decide or to know how to add more pride in my life or to, because I've been like, I've been fundamentally obsessed with this as long as I can remember. So I'm, I'm really struggling actually at the moment to, to know how to add more pride to my life or how to be more proud. Um, and that's not to say that I'm like, you know, some egotistical maniac who thinks he's the greatest, right? I think I have a, an acceptable level of pride. And so if anything, I need to communicate about that, like, like we did today, a bit more clearly, because I've, if anything, I kind of am quiet about my pride now. You know, I used to be a bit over the top boastful because it wasn't real. And then I felt, okay, I feel proud, but I shouldn't talk about my pride because then people might uh, get, yeah, hurt or whatever. So I, I don't know, I'm struggling. Do you have any, anything you recommend, uh, anything from your perspective that I should do with respect to pride? Because I'm actually struggling at the moment. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to send you an article uh, by a guy named um, Dr. Edelstein, Michael Edelstein. Now he has, I heard him speak at Capitalism and Morality, which had a lot of um, objectivists speak at it. And this guy's uh, a libertarian. He's kind of in the same vein as Walter Block. Those two uh, have debated from time to time. But he had, he was very critical of Nathaniel Brandon and objectivism when it comes to the idea of self-esteem. He's a, uh, I think he's a psychologist or a therapist, a PhD. Um, and, and he picks apart the idea of, of self-esteem and offers an alternative. Um, and so I'll send you, send you the article and see if that helps. Uh, you know, I think that in a lot of ways, he gets what Nathaniel Brandon was saying wrong. He strawmans him a little bit, but mm -hmm. it, it, he provides kind of a, I think he says a lot of the same things, really. I think Brandon would agree with a lot of what he says, to be honest. Um, but he, he talks about it in a different way. Um, and, and it might be helpful. So I'll send you that article and, and see if that uh, uh, jives with you at all. Cool. Yeah, and I'll just end on saying that it was interesting. I always actually used to feel quite small, even though I acted boastful and everyone would tell me I'm arrogant and egotistical. And it wasn't until I took this kind of in-depth personality assessment that the guy said that my results showed that I don't have a big head and I don't think very highly of myself. And it was in contrast to what everyone had told me, but I knew I was like such a harsh critic on myself. And so I've, I very much like am cognizant of not doing right. that to myself again, which is why I'm, yeah. I'm very comfortable and I know how much work I've done. So I'm, I'm very comfortable in my pride and, and happy in my pride. Right. Um, well, and, and what you probably had was this kind of false pride, right? I mean, that, that this mm -hmm. is what a, a sign of insecurity, right? It's little man syndrome or whatever, where guys yeah. walk around with puppy chest and act all arrogant and confident when really inside they're in, really insecure or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, a lion doesn't walk around puffing his chest out. He just knows he's badass and he, yeah. he doesn't need to anyone to acknowledge it. He doesn't need to portray it outwardly in any way. Yeah. He just knows deep down that, yeah, he could kill anything kind of thing right and so that's kind of what we need to strive to be is is okay. just confident in the objective reality of the things we're accomplishing yeah acknowledge those yeah. as being awesome and great and 
and, and then looking, employing that growth mindset of how can I take this to the next level? What are the lessons I can learn from my suboptimal decisions or behaviors and not get down on myself for those, but use them as uh, a learning opportunity. Like the fighter said, I, I never lose. I either win or I learn. And I think that's kind of how I tend to approach it. Yeah. And what comes to mind actually is how I can add more pride to my life is when I brought up the fact that I'm proud, I kind of apologized for the fact that I feel so proud. So right, I need to be right. meta proud. I can yeah. just stand tall and say, no, I am very proud of myself and I've worked hard to get there. I've worked yeah. very hard to get proud of myself and I'm proud that I'm proud of myself and just right. own and, it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's exactly what it is. Like, I don't think pride is something that you need to strive for necessarily. I think it's kind of like a natural consequence of all these other virtues being employed. And you just need to not let your mind and other people get in the way of you feeling that. Like it'll just ha emerge, right? It's kind of like Aristotle's view of love. Love is an involuntary response to uh, uh, virtue when people act virtuously or something like that. That's what true love is, right? It's an mm -hmm. involuntary response and I think you know, we could almost put pride in that category of it's an involuntary response uh, that you should be allowed to feel that you shouldn't let anyone hinder you from feeling. And it's just a natural outcome. You don't need to necessarily strive for it. You just need to allow yourself to feel it when you've, when it, it comes out of that authentic place of you've done all these virtuous things. Yeah, I, I think yeah, the virtue of pride and objectivism is you do strive for it. But like I said, it's striving to feel proud, right? You aim your life such right. that you can get this feeling, right? And so it's not just denying it, but it's I right. want to have all of the, I want to have all of the virtues because then I'll feel proud. And so it's like, I, I want to feel that not just it will come. It's I want to right. feel that. But yeah, you want to think, feel it. But th th I think there's something paradoxical here. Maybe this is where the struggle is, where there's some things where the striving for it um, makes the target illusory, illusory almost, right? Whereas if you just let it happen, it'll, you, you'll get there automatically, right? You, you can, well, there, there's a lot of things you can think of like this. Like sometimes, like for example, in shooting, um, when people want to shoot faster, if you think about how fast you want to shoot, you'll miss the target, you'll be slower. And so there's a saying that goes, uh, slow is smooth, smooth is fast, right? So you think about slowly, so you're thinking about the process. Well, and, so and, and by doing thinking about the process, you get the result you want, which is a fast shooting. Right, but that guts, that's like about the way the mind works and automatizing things. And if you sure. try and consciously do everything, it's slower than just like the, trusting your automatized right but, but but what but, but what i'm picking up from what you're laying down is you're trying to feel this pride and um you're not sure how to no, think so, about that and it's like no so pride like in and this it's more about i think the terminology but as a virtue pride is what you aim at to then feel self-esteem and pride Anyways, I think we'll go in circles now, but yeah. I, I, I agree with the fundamental premise. I was just kind of nitpicking on some of the words, but yeah, no, yeah. I'm proud that I'm proud. And I honestly and sincerely hope people and the people I care about can feel about themselves the way I feel about myself. Like, I think that yeah. would be, that's like what I want, what I wish for people more than anything else 
is that they could honestly feel about themselves the way I do about myself because yeah. it's great and it makes life right. worth living. Yeah. And I think that we ought to do an episode in the near future about self-esteem. Maybe you got to read Brandon's mm -hmm. books uh, or at least one of them in, in this article I sent you and maybe we could have a chat about that and see what we think about self-esteem. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Tim. Awesome. Thanks, David.